0: You just mentioned that you don't want to waste time. What's a waste of time to you?
1: Worrying about what others think. Period. It's like there's no more frustrating thing to waste and no bigger waste of your time than being concerned what the other humans around you or the other humans in your life think of you. Because anybody's opinion of you when you take it on is just you giving your energy to their thoughts. And then what's worse is giving energy to how you can change yourself.
0: Reboots Rough Cuts, episode number five, features Jeremy Montoya, an entrepreneur, business coach, content creator, and all around beautiful soul who describes himself as an old man inside learning to be young. I sure hope you enjoy this fast moving and varied conversation with my friend, Jeremy.
2: Hey there, you're dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over, in life or in business. All walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down. Stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy, experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Here's your host, Tracy Winch.
0: Hey, Jeremy, thanks for inviting us into your office today.
1: Hey, thanks for coming. I appreciate the invite as well.
0: I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the past few months through just interacting with you one-on-one and through your vlogs. I love that you're an entrepreneur, a teacher, a coach, a content creator, and a public speaker. I see you as a champion of causes that help others at a very personal level and I'm amazed at how you do all of that so well. What's your secret to all of that?
1: Well, I really appreciate your kind words, Tracy. It has not it's not something that happened immediately overnight. I'll be completely transparent with that. But my goal, my my angle in life is to live an integrated lifestyle and I I've been doing this, but I didn't have that wording down. So I do have to give credit to Ty Lopez. I was listening to him the other day, and I'm like, dude, that that summarizes exactly what I try to do. And what he was talking about with this integrated lifestyle is looking at the things you love doing, and making everything about your life about interacting with and adding more time to and enjoying that even more. So when I look at my business and my priorities, when I look at my family and my priorities, when I look at my social circle and my health and my dog and all these different aspects of me, I strive to have all of those things entangled together because I just feel limited when they are separated. And I don't feel like I can be my best self when I'm switching in between them. So what that might look like is me you know, recording my day while hanging out with friends, recording the business conversation that I have, and then you know, FaceTiming with my sister and my godson at night. Or um, you know, hanging around here, and having some friends out for dinner. But these friends are also potential clients. They're people that are already clients, or people that I've helped, or they're people who are above where I'm at, and I'm trying to you know surround myself with with more A players. And so I look at every meal, I look at every appointment, I look at all areas of my life as a as energy for the other parts, and I don't try to separate it. And so, like I said, it didn't happen overnight. But the integrated life is where I find that my energy is the longest-lasting and where I have the most fun. So I just try to stay in that lane.
0: What businesses are you engaged in? I mean, you you juggle a lot of different balls.
1: I do, I do. Um, To give some context, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. I've been selling something since second grade, like literally as far back as I can remember, and I. In 2015, was I had a clothing business I was running with one of my childhood best friends. It definitely wasn't earning the tor- sort of money that I wanted. And so I humbled myself and hired a business coach. And from that point on, I started doing freelance services. I had learned in the middle of all that how to do podcasts. I had learned the importance of building an email list and how to build an online business. And although I was just getting started in my own career when doing that... I decided, Hey, there are a lot of people who need this. Let me offer them help with this. And let me be transparent. Let me tell them that I'm still learning this and that I'm new, but that that's an advantage for them because I'm so excited and enthusiastic. And because I'm, you know, just getting started, they're going to have more of my personal time and attention. And I didn't charge a lot. And I spent a lot of time doing it through that process. I was given a couple big breaks. One of them was by Lewis house. You're familiar. He has a, a great show called the school of greatness. I pitched him and he allowed for me to do a case study with him. And Doing that free work allowed for me to then, and getting him results, allowed for me to reach out to his network and say, hey, I did this for Lewis, would love to do it for you. And from that point forward, people were answering my calls. They were calling me back. They were opening my emails. They were emailing me back. And a lot of those people signed up for my service. So I got to learn even more, start charging a little bit more. I started landing some recurrent clients. And and it's been good. And I also, you know, was given the the blessing of opportunity and going to work in my mentor's business. And so the person that hired to coach me brought me in their business about seven or eight months ago. So I got to help doing a lot of things that I was naturally talented with. I got to learn a ton inside of there. But nowadays my focus, as far as the businesses that I'm engaged in, are are I look at it kind of twofold. The first I look at as my marketing agency it's called Mont Marketing, and we help build personal brands. And my other business is my own personal brand. I treat myself and and my team treats me as a client and we offer the service that we do for our clients with my own brand. And I look at my personal brand as the attention part of my agency. And it's how I bring people into my circle because, or into my business, because they see my blogs, they see the content that I put out, they are going to bed anxious and knowing that they aren't creating any content or enough content to get to where they want to be. And we're who they call when they want their own personal production team. And so my energy has really been business-wise focused on building my agency and my teams and my client base while simultaneously documenting it and telling my story through my personal brand, which is what up, me.
0: Can a business these days operate at full efficiency or even survive without creating content regularly or even an email list? Is that possible anymore?
1: 100%. I, for three years of doing freelance stuff from 2015, essentially, and on, didn't have a website, had nowhere I was marketing any of the services I was doing below the line. I would offer coaching and you could find that on my site, but you wouldn't see these services I was doing for personal brands, these agency style services. You wouldn't see any of those. Um, I did it without a website for the business. Still don't. No logo. No any of that. But to your point, like, is it possible? 100%. Like, look at the people around you. Find the people who have money. Find an alignment with how you can help them based on their goals and pitch them. And like, just ask them for money, ask them to help through that. You'll learn what will get them to yes by getting a few no's to the other side. Is that sustainable? Is it as easy? Is it as fun as doing the content and the other stuff? I don't know, but it all depends on your own goals. For me, when I look at my agency and my personal brand, it isn't a short-term play. And this YouTube channel, these videos that I put out, these audios that I put out are a part of what will ultimately make my story and my legacy in the long run. And so I treat it as such. I could be doing far less work by not recording, not editing, not putting blogs up, not doing any of that and just helping clients. I absolutely could, but I want to do, I want for everything I'm doing throughout my day to add up to the bigger picture. I want to waste the, the smallest amount of time and the lowest amount of energy doing things that will not help me in the future. And again, this has been a long process of realizing those things and of putting those systems and people and processes in place. But it's really about what can I do now to add to the long run? I could be saving a lot of time by not documenting and having a website and all of that and, and, and not showing people what I'm creating, and what I'm in the process of, and I could still be making as much money. It's just I want for everything I'm doing, even at this moment, to grow legs and be able to walk on its own. That's what success looks like to me. And I know that's what I need and what is required for what I'm wanting 10 and 15 years down the road, which gets very murky with what I want. But I just know the pieces that will be necessary, regardless of what that is. And that's going to require a lot of attention and a lot of ability to flip the switch to garner that attention. And so that's why I balance in between the making of the money and the making of the content.
0: you You just mentioned that you don't want to waste time. What's a waste of time to you?
1: Worrying about what others think.
0: Oh, man, that's big, Jeremy.
1: Period. It's like there's no more frustrating thing to waste and no bigger waste of your time than being concerned with the other humans around you or the other humans in your life. Think of you because anybody's opinion of you when you take it on is just you giving your energy to their thoughts. And then what's worse is giving energy into how you can change yourself. When I'm working with a new student and I'm showing them either how to get their freelancing gig off the the ground so that they can leave their day job, or if I'm showing them how to go from freelance into agency owner and operator, there is this worry about what other people will think. And there is no time to be, Worrying about that because it doesn't do you any good. I think it's good to create a way for people to voice their feedback and opinions to you. But what's more important is understanding yourself enough to know who you are, to get acquainted and comfortable with who you are, and using that as your leverage point. Too many people want to look at how other people are doing their thing in the world, and they use that as the baseline. And that is the fastest way to failure, in my opinion, because in that process, you lose the essence of yourself. And that, my friends, is the most unique gift that God or universe or whatever you want to understand or believe in. That it's the biggest disservice to that that you could ever do. And we are all unique. And I feel this journey is to discover our uniqueness and leverage our uniqueness to become the best version of ourselves. Any time away from that is wasted.
0: How'd you learn that so soon, Jeremy? Was it your reboots moment? I mean, man, that's big stuff.
1: You know, I've had a couple of these reboots moments, Tracy, if I'm I'm being honest. In my own personal journey, I always have felt like I'm a, a little bit ahead and not in some way of being better, just in the things that I'm interested in. From the time I wasn't, to the time I was in a grocery store cart, sitting in there as a child with my mom. I was having full conversations with the adults. I would in fact scare people because they wouldn't expect such a small person to be able to hold a conversation. They were coming up and doing baby talk to me and I was (laughs) asking them questions in full sentences. Fast forward a few years to high school and I just, I couldn't apply myself or I didn't apply myself. I wasn't interested in it, but what caught my attention was a leadership organization. And so I put all my energy into that and not only did I Did I get to compete and and learn, but I became the national high school president in it. The books I was reading in high school were not what other kids were reading. I was reading The Secret. I was reading, I wasn't reading fiction, uh, you know, fiction stuff. I was only trying to find books that would help me get what I wanted out of life. I've come to the understanding that life is about controlling your reality. And so I've I was into business in second grade and entrepreneurship. My friends weren't. I was starting my own clothing line right out of high school when going into college. I was locking myself in the room and reading and surrounding myself with stuff and being completely happy with being an old man, so to say, I'm an old man on the inside, learning how to be young. That's my journey. And so it, what's great for me now is I'll be 28 in less than a month. And now I look at my peer group and my friends and a lot of them are getting to a point in their life where they're more interested in these sort of things, or they have found the thing in life they want to apply themselves towards, which is, which is just as motivating for me as somebody around me who's an entrepreneur. It's, it's somebody who, hey, if your body and health is a thing you want to do or freestyle rapping or, or poetry or whatever it is, when people apply that stuff, that's freaking motivating. When they find their art, for me, my art is business and my art is articulation. We all have our own thing. In my journey, I've been a little bit ahead. It's fun now watching my friends and peer group catch up in their own way. How did I get to that? How did I learn all those things? I think it's because of a simple decision my parents made. Uh, I was born in LA and at that time, you were, or my parents felt that in that community, if you knew Spanish or Spanish was your first language, you could be, you, in the education system, you could be misjudged, misplaced, and mistreated because of that. We we're living in LA at a time when the OJ Simpson trial was going on, the Rodney King riots, the neighborhood were changing very, very quickly and rapidly where we were at. And my mom made the conscious decision to not teach my sister and I Spanish. And Tracy, when I look back to that decision, it's completely what's been the foundation of my career and what I'm good at. My mom literally made a small, simple, but difficult decision to not alienate us from pieces of our family who would normally teach our kids Spanish or Spanish households, but allow for us to thrive in the society that we were in. And I feel like my race, which is Hispanic, Mexican, would look down on that. I get a lot of people who suck their teeth at me when they hear, I don't know Spanish. I know enough Spanish to get me in a fight. But not out of it. And I'm completely okay with that. There are other languages that I would learn before that. But the fact that my mom decided to have us focus on English literally allowed for me to become, in my opinion, or to be on my way towards being become the best version of myself. Because Tracy, I am not good at a lot of things. If there is one thing I am good at, though, it's talking. And a far second of articulating big concepts into easy bite-sized kind of actionable things. That's a far distant second. My main skill is talking. Without that decision, I don't know where I would be. And I, and I look back on that and am completely okay with that being the decision that was made. I'm okay with not, with not having a second language in my arsenal. However, uh, it's interesting looking back and, and seeing that and, and me not even being the person who made that decision.
0: This is a Reboots Rough Cuts episode. Edited, mixed, and mastered by Mikhail Kozinkov. I'm Tracy Wenchel, and this special series has been inspired by a a conversation with Mikhail and a group of fellow podcasters during which I expressed frustration and concern about a backlog of beautiful stories that have been growing metaphorical dust on my hard drive because I just hadn't gotten around to editing them and publishing them yet. Mikhail offered to help me clear the backlog and to crank out as many episodes as possible by the close of 2018. And this is one of those dozen interviews that will most certainly bring hope to many listeners, maybe even you. Now, if you're a podcaster who is overwhelmed with post-production or maybe you're not sure how to edit your own podcast and you want a personal step-by-step walk through the editing and mixing process, or maybe you just want your podcast to sound the very best it can and not have to worry about the editing stage at all, you're going to want to get in touch with my friend Mikhail. Here's how you get in touch with him. It's podcastsoundfixer at gmail.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. One of the things that I appreciate about you, Jeremy, is that you seem to be constantly rebooting your life and your career. I I can't even ask you about your reboot if it was a moment or a coincidence or a choice because you're always reinventing yourself. Is that a fair observation? Absolutely. I, I, I grew up
1: Christian and through some hardship started questioning that a lot and kind of went through my own journey with figuring out what my understanding or belief in this world is. And in this experience that we all call life that we're all sharing. And I'm still the same. I wanted to curse. I'm still the same person, (laughs) but I am constantly analyzing and figuring out what's useful for me and not. And some of those decisions to cut out are harder than others. But if I do not have my own cup full or if I am not getting rest and taking care of myself, you know, nine hours of rest and not feeling guilty, eating a plant-based diet because that's what's going to nourish me more than other stuff. Those decisions allow for me to be shedding the things that do not serve me over time and continuously looking at how I can be better. I, I have zero interest in motivating others, Tracy, zero. I, I love it when people say I'm motivating and that they, they're motivated by the things I put on Snapchat or Instagram, but that's not my goal. My goal is to be the best version of me and allow for my layer of the world to impact the others. And so when I went through, like, if I want to motivate somebody, I, I think words are the most meaningless way to, and it's through someone's actions. That's what's hard about this YouTube culture and this entertainment culture is that we only see a certain side of people in their TV shows and in their things when they're really more like you and I than they are like some celebrity. And then we give our energy and attention to it when we should just be creating our own content, putting our own message out. But but I digress. Nonetheless, it's this constant going back and forth between who I want to be and who I currently am and where's... How do I imbalance that scale so that I get what I want faster?
0: What's your take on failure, Jeremy?
1: That it's absolutely necessary. I I posted a video that you and I were chatting about before this conversation about striking out and how I feel in my own journey that the best time, the best results I've ever gotten is when I really aimed high and went for it. And through aiming high, you will inevitably fail big. And if you want to be somebody who aims high and accomplishes big things on a normal basis, or even just a few times in your life, you have to be fine with sitting at the bottom. You have to be fine with stepping up to the plate, seeing the ball you thought was yours, striking out and facing your dugout and walking back and being completely okay with it. Because every single time you're getting up and at bat, you have to be resetting. You have to be looking for that one ball. You can't let the fact that the last ball you thought was yours not beers. You can learn from it, but eventually you're going to have to swing again. I'm okay with like Babe Ruth holding the home run record and the strikeout record because you cannot just have success. Just like you can't have nothing but good in your life. I have a lot of money in my pipeline right now and deals are starting to close, but last week revenue wasn't where I wanted it. I could get frustrated or I could just enjoy the quote-unquote bottom because if you aren't enjoying that and if you don't have that contrast, you will never know what is good or excellent. You need the contrast of failure to appreciate and get to success. Otherwise, it isn't fun. It isn't fun if you're always getting what you want. It's the chase. It's the journey. And Tracy, I say all of this. I don't want to preach. That's not my goal at all. But when I'm giving advice or sharing these things, this is much advice and words I need here as it is that I want to share so I want to make sure that I iterate that because I tell my friends all the time look, I don't want to project, I don't want to tell you what to do, but here's what I'm doing. I don't want to be the should person on other people. It's just here's what I'm doing. And can you you can take what you want from that or not? That's completely cool too. But and I don't know if I answered your question completely, but you know, life is too short to focus on what other people are wanting and what society is telling us. When you find your uniqueness, things become a lot more clear. When you set that goal, things become a lot more clear. And so That's all I want to do and strive towards and surround myself with.
0: To continue your baseball analogy, one of the things that I appreciate about getting to know you and having worked with you, you are teaching me the importance of taking a lot of at-bats. I got to get a lot of plate appearances if I want to get good at failure, and I do. Because that gives me the opportunity to experiment and decide what doesn't work so that then I can figure out, hey, am I a highball fast hitter? Yeah, give me some more of those, right? And make those adjustments in my business. Mm -hmm.
1: It's a numbers game. To your point, it absolutely is. And the sooner you realize that it's about volume and embrace it and bite that bullet, the faster you will be to getting results. If you have $50,000 in your pipeline as you're just starting out, you'll probably only close 20. If you have, but like the fact that you went out and hustled and got 50K in and failed 30K of it, you will learn with how to get more the next time. You will learn how to pitch better, how to sell better, how to close. How to not get out of the and back into the product. The actual lines you need to use. You'll go get training. You'll have a pain. A lot of us, even people listening to this, and, and there's always an area in our lives that we are complacent in. Most recently for me, it was with health. I hurt my knee almost a year ago, and I let that continue to be my excuse for not doing yoga or not being in the gym. And I said, screw it. I bought a course. I invested. I took the course, and I took action. I, made a, I set a 90-day goal around it. I enlisted the people around me to help me and to hold me accountable. I announced it on social media. I announced it on my YouTube channel. I used everything around me to try to impact it. And I set goals that will help me to get there. And now I feel better about it. But I was complacent before. We all have areas that we are. We just have to identify them and suffocate out the excuses as fast as possible. If you're an entrepreneur or you're business-minded and you're listening to this right now, the number one thing you probably think you're avoiding is creating content. When in reality, the thing you're avoiding that you need to be doing the most is probably sales, which more means networking, which more means surrounding yourself with people and making offers. And it's that what keeps most entrepreneurs from finding the success is because they hesitate on surrendering themselves with people that they can make offers to and from making offers often. Go do that. Go make a fool out of yourself a few times. You'll do it far less over a long period of time and you'll make a lot more money in the process.
0: And that's the stage that I'm at in my career. And so my next question kind of dovetails off the the recommitting yourself to, to health and wellness and exercise. Because you do so many reboots, and that's sort of part of your nature, how is it that you systematize getting up off the mat when maybe the reboot is forced and it's particularly painful? What do you do that other people can do too?
1: Uh, It's small things uh, because, you know, like, I don't want to come off as, not that I am, I don't want to come off as somebody who has it all figured out or a superhero or any of those things. I'm just at my own place in my own journey navigating this. And what drives me to get off the mat or to get into the gym or to get up in the morning is small, very, very small wins that are over celebrated, excuse me, that are over celebrated to help me ingrain the behavior. So, if I reach out to somebody, or I send an agreement, a contract, or I collect funds, I celebrate hard and I celebrate heavy. I am gonna. I, I do intermittent fasting all day. I'm gonna break my fast. I'm gonna go to yard house. I'm gonna have a couple of Moscow mules. Your boys gonna get a little saucy. I'm gonna hang out with some friends. I'm gonna celebrate. I'm gonna toast. I'm gonna enjoy it so that the next time I'm doing the lead measure that gets me that result, that. I have this psychological tie to what comes after. And so the lag result is me getting the check. Is your boy getting the money? And that hit my bank account. The lead measure is surrounding myself with people who have the money to potentially pay us, which is really just surrounding myself with people, other business owners, understanding what their goals are, finding an alignment, creating a conversation that makes them ask me about how I can help them, and then pitching them on their needs, showing them the potential with us working together or they're missing out on, and how we can help and be part of it? Why the numbers make so much sense? That's the lag. The lag measure is the money in my account. Me cheering over, cheersing over a yard house with a vegan burger and a good Moscow mules with some, you know, with some good stuff in it. So I, when I wake up in the morning, try to say thank you. I try to just reward myself every step of the way, so I get small wins. I make my bed in the morning. That's become something a little bit newer, a habit that's gotten better and better. But just me doing that every day and not rushing out of the house is big. I don't wake up to an alarm anymore. I don't take I don't take appointments before noon because my body just needs eight to 10 hours of rest. So I let it. I don't feel guilty. I get up and then I handle my business. I get into my best self journal. I have goals that I set there. A lot of people don't have goals. If you're listening to this, don't worry about one year, three year, five year. Set a 90 day goal and set rewards that are gonna keep you there. I use a best self journal personally to do my 90 day goals and it has rewards built in and gratitude built in, which is really big for me, but it's small wins celebrated. I, it's the same with my dog. Okay. When my dog sits, I reward him. I say, good boy. I give him a pet. But when he first started doing it, I was giving him treats. I was, I would say, sit down. He would sit, he would get treats. He'd get pet. He'd get love. He get so much attention so that he would want to do it again. And now I can just say sit and he'll sit with no expectation of the reward because now it's a habit. And now every now and again, he needs a little reward, a little affirmation, but we're working on bigger and better things now. And it's the same with all of us here. Our attention spans and our psychological behavior patterns are almost no different than a dog. They're just as simple. If you are going to sit down and work on the thing that gets you to the next step, set a timer for five minutes and celebrate a small celebration for me every day. is When I get my cold brew over at the coffee shop, I sit, I take my dog on a walk. He uses the bathroom, we sit down at the coffee shop, I order my coffee, I get my best self journal out when my coffee's there and I put the pen to the journal, I take a sip of my coffee and I give my dog his food. Sometimes I don't even get it in my best self journal. I open the thing that's going to make me money right then and there. Sometimes it's just charging a credit card. Sometimes it's just sending an invoice. And I look at my dog and I say, you're bitching right now, but I'm doing this for us. And I do it, and then we both celebrate. He gets his food. He gets love. I get my coffee. I I start having some conversations with people around me, and now I'm looking forward to sales. I'm looking forward to the thing that I now dread.
0: You're so much fun. I love getting you wound up. That was awesome. It doesn't take much
1: to get me wound up, does it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Hey, before I let you go, I want to respect your time. You have this... Aura, like you, like you just kind of showed us right now of, of a go getting guy who likes to make money. But I also know what a kind hearted, gentle and giving guy you are. And I know you don't like to talk about that much, but I'm going here anyway. Tell me about what motivates you after a hard day when you've pushed yourself as far as you can to Invest your time and money and talents to give back to people in a substantial way.
1: Yeah, um, I think what motivates me is that I know that we are all going towards the same finish line of death, as dark and grim as that thing is. To your point, you're saying I'm a big softie, I'm a Pisces, I'm totally emotional, I'm totally a more creative type of person who channels that into the things I'm interested in. But, you know, I lost my mom at a young age. She was 55, which is incredibly young. I was like 23 at the time, maybe a little bit bit less, maybe 22 or 21. Um, And I had not experienced a lot of death in my life. I don't think actually at all close to me. And, you know, from 21 to today, I've experienced a hell of a lot of death. I lost my grandma in the first week of January. I lost my grandpa about three or four months before my mom passed. I lost two friends to suicide in August and went through some of the darkest times I've been through since losing my mom and my faith and some of those things that I experienced as a, as a younger adult. And I have this sense that I, and we are here on this journey to become the best version of ourselves and to be creators. If we're really made in God's image and God is a creator, then are we just God's image or are we creators? And I choose to focus on the creation part. And I think that by creating, we live up to, to God's, so to say, highest expectations. And so I realized that I could walk out of the elevator here in my beautiful apartment building in Scottsdale, Arizona, on one of the most gorgeous days of the year, and I could get hit by a freaking bus or a drunk driver or could get shot or could get diagnosed with something terrible tomorrow. And so I don't know when that day will come, but I know it will. So my goal is just simply to enjoy every moment as much as I can with other people doing the things that we all love together. And that's what drives me. It's not really the money, to your point. It's, you know what I mean, or getting the goal. It's just about enjoyment and growth and experience. And for me, I have chosen to have the intention on the experience that I want. So everything else becomes clear. When I'm wasting my own time, it's abundantly clear to me. When I'm doing the thing that will help me in my business, it's also abundantly clear to me. And there's a time for both of those. Waste management was in town the other, the other weekend and Super Bowl was here. I didn't touch my bestsell journal. I got like eight hours of rest between both days. But man, did I enjoy the heck out of it. And Boy, am I glad that I have a lifestyle, peer group, and outlook on life that allows me to I don't know when that's going to end. And so all I want to do is take advantage of it. It's not like every day I'm, I'm you know, 100% go. I like laying my bed. I like being alone as much as I do with others. To another point, I like resting. I need alone time, but it's a means to an end. It's how much can I enjoy this? It's how can I preserve my energy so that when I need my energy, it's there? But at the end of the day, I don't know when my story will end. So all I want to do is experience it and enjoy it as much as I possibly can
0: and i am totally going to support you in your decision to say that you are created to create you look back in genesis god created the world and then he made man and woman and then he said go name all of these things that i've made and go make something good out of them so i'm with you totally on that mr jeremy
1: <laughs> i'm glad and I, I think you know every every religious text i've come across Shares in some mutual alignment with that.
0: Yes. All right. Last couple of questions. What advice or encouragement do you have for somebody who has a great idea, but she either doesn't know how to get started or she's scared to death it's not going to work? How do you do that?
1: Yeah. Um, we've, if, if you're entrepreneurial at all or if you are creative at all, then you will experience these moments on a daily basis. They will never go away. And so you have to embrace it and you have to take that as a sign that your body, that your soul is telling you that you're about to expand your comfort zone. And by by avoiding it, you're just stuffing your heart and your soul into a small box and doing what society tells you to. If you are scared about what you're about to embark on, if you are worried it will not work, or if you don't have the skill set, the number one thing that I can tell you is the advice my... 2015 or 25 year old version of myself took and implemented, go and find somebody who's doing that thing and living the lifestyle that you are wanting and invest every last penny to surround yourself with that person or those people. That means hiring a coach. That means creating a network of people around you who are above you on your same level and right below you. The rule of 33, shout out to Ty Lopez again on that one and go and invest and immerse yourself in it. And if you can't bring yourself to do that, then you don't want it. It's simple. Just go do what the world is telling you to do.
0: Is there a book or uh, a piece of music or a video or something else that you would recommend to other people who are interested in doing what you do?
1: There are two books that have been instrumental into my growth, and they are on polar opposites, and they almost have zero business context and entrepreneurial context to them. However, the stories for me have been applied directly to it. The first book, easy read, Tortoise and the Hare. If you are struggling right now with a long-term picture or you're worried about short-term shit that ain't gonna get you where you wanna be, go and buy the physical version of the Tortoise and the Hare. It's like $7 on freaking Amazon and have that on your desk because it's a long road. And you're going to have to enjoy it. That's like a 30-second read, but The Tortoise and the Hare, hands down, is my favorite business book. To the other side, from a 13-page book to a 700-page book is the one I know you just picked up recently, Tracy, which is called Transurfing Reality. I wish I found this book when I was a junior in high school. I found different versions of it that were telling similar things. There's a lot of variations of it. But it's a book about choice and how to make better choices, and it gives you stories and frameworks, and easy things to follow and observe that allow for you to create the reality that you are wanting to experience in this body.
0: Yeah, and I've, I've barely started that. I've kind of thumbed through it a little bit, and there are elements of stoicism and mm-hmm. faith and mm-hmm. recovery in there that are fascinating to me. So yeah, that's really interesting. Thanks for turning me on to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Between those two books, I mean, there's a lot of
1: business books in between there. You could go read for our work. You could, go, you could go read any of the ones Gary is touting at you or anybody else, but you can't take somebody else's path. And what I love about the tortoise and the hare and what I love about Transurfing Reality is that there are books about being on your own path. And when you're on your own path, magic happens, mountains move. So just find your path and stay on it.
0: Thank you, my brother. I appreciate your time, Jeremy.
1: I appreciate you bringing me on, Tracy. I appreciate and want to, as a, as a friend and fellow entrepreneur, want to commend and recognize you for being so consistent with your podcast and bringing your best self and your message to the world, even when you might not feel like it, or when you feel like things aren't exactly where they're supposed to be. You stay in it, Tracy. And so I want to commend you and recognize you for that. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to bring me on and to have a great conversation.
0: Thank you, my friend. Someday we'll do a face to face.
1: Yes, very, very soon here, please.
0: All right. You're a good man, Jeremy. Thanks. Thank you, Tracy. For more about Jeremy, his life's work, his business, and uh, his creative side, check out Jeremy Montoya, M O N T O Y A dot M E. There's a link in the show notes at rebootspodcast.com forward slash RR05. I'm Tracy Winchell, and we'll see you next time. Deo valente.
2: We hope this episode has helped you in some way. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe someone you care about might benefit from the Reboots podcast. It's easy to share from our website, rebootspodcast.com. The Reboots Podcast is a production of Winchell Storyworks Incorporated, a company dedicated to helping businesses and individuals know, share, and live their stories in order to impact the world around us in a positive way and to achieve financial freedom.